you are here on purpose with a purpose by design. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purpose by Design podcast, radio show, and YouTube channel show. I'm Pamela Hinkle, and I'm so glad that you guys are back again today. Of course, as always, I always have the most amazing guests. I like to call them my co-hosts. I just <laughs> love the people that God brings to me, and I learn so much from them, and I know you do too. And today is no different. So my guest today is Miss Lori Paul. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. It's good to be here. Thank you, everyone. It's so good to have you here. And a shout out to Vicki Meyerding. Hey, Vicki. Yes. Hey, Vicki. <laughs> brought us together. She's yes. one of the fine connectors, isn't she? And uh, we're so grateful for you, Vicki. And yes. now because of that, Vicki is a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of Lori's. And now uh, we have connected and now you all are connecting with this incredible woman. So Miss Incredible Woman, Lori, <laughs> tell us, who are you? <laughs> In all of our incredibleness, <laughs> I am along with everyone else, a child of the king. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm also one who does ministry. I'm a writer, author a mom, a grandma, all those good things. I would say most of all, I'm a person who loves to learn. And I know that we're just constantly growing. And that has been, I would say, the, the passion place of the journey and really coming across who, who we're created to be in, in our own individual sense and identity, as well as, you know, who we are in community and our relationship with God, too. So that really is my driving force. It, it's really all about relationship. And uh, that's that's my motivation for much of what I do and uh, where we all are, how we fit in and that beautiful place of love. Oh, wow. I love that when you said about that passion. Mm -hmm. Finding our passion is so important because until we really connect with that passion, yeah. which is our purpose by design that God yes. has given to us, and we begin to develop and push out that passion, once we have that, then we can launch into our destiny, that yes. which God has placed us here yes. to fulfill and affect all the lives around us. Yes. Just yes. like you and I connecting. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. Hasn't it been? It like, has. It has. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Well, we're excited to hear your story and be inspired by you today. Hey, everybody, if you don't have your paper, you don't have your pen, you need to get it because um, I know this woman well enough to know that you're going to want to take notes because she's got a lot to share. <laughs> so grab your paper and pen. Yeah. Ask Lori, if you had a billboard on big interstate, and you could have the message you wanted on it, what would yours say to the driver buyers? It would say the truth will set you free. <laughs> yes. And the truth will set you free. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, just going back on my own journey, I, I was a minivan driving soccer mom who lived in the suburb and did all those things that, you know, looked like this was this was what you do. And um, over time, actually, more recently, a lot of the myths and the things that 
I believed about myself just came so suddenly that the Lord was taking me on this journey. And, you know, not everything is always fun to wake up to. And, you know, nobody likes to, you know, find out they believed a lie. Um, Mark Twain had even said it's easier to fool someone than it is to tell someone they've been fooled. And so that's been, you know, part of that, understanding that. And uh, I would say, honestly, the truth part has been the most freeing thing in my life from every realm of being in my relationships with people, in my relationship with the Lord, and my relationship even with myself, you know, to be honest with myself and uh, finding the things that really I had hidden. You know, just for a recent example, this, this does not end, it seems like, from so many ways, but I just turned 60 on Monday and um, I did not thank you. And so for me to say this publicly, this is a big deal because I was dreading this. I fought getting older. I thought I would lose people, people that, you know, I'm, I'm single right now. And so, um, you know, just all of these concepts that, that you think you need to be in order to be loved or to uh, be like a, someone just to even be a part of in any type of relationship or belonging, that type of thing, you know, beyond even the love part. But this was so bad that I'm just realizing it. And I was thinking of it as I was driving over here for the podcast was, you know what, on Facebook, I took off my birthday time prior to when I turned 59 to be sure there was no hint of it coming up for when I actually turned 60. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, and once I had that day, and I'll be honest, that day wasn't the most pleasant. I was really struggling, kind of choking it down. But the day after, I was like, huh, this isn't so bad. And so I actually told a few people, I'm 60. Oh my word, the freedom of that, because the fight, the angst, I mean, all of those things, it's so stupid what we do because we believe a certain way. And so we constantly are coming along our own lies and misconceptions that we've jumped a hold on. And um, in our heart, you know, I, I, I look at this, each one of us deep within our heart knows what is right and what is wrong. And what happens is that I've found is there's just so many things, you know, I'll, I'll go back to my faith in the Lord. You know, if you've got good, you've got evil. And so, you know, what is God saying? Who, who am I? He is love. Um, you know, like I opened, you know, we're children of, of the most high God, our King. And, uh, you know, then on the evil side with, with darkness and Satan, um, whatever way temptations are, that part in us that knows things are wrong, you know, that way of love. And I'll use that as a reference point. I think that that's a large part of what my journey has been and where I see so many people struggle. But in that place of love, you know, I'll call the enemy, will bring some sort of a temptation, something we're feeling like, man, we're not loved as fully as, as we should be. We have this thing built in us that we desire this but that's part of of who we are just to even search out a relationship with god but mm -hmm. the enemy has come in in so many other ways to mask and put others other people other senses of um accomplishment or belonging into these places where we think this is going to fill the love all right and so 
in that, that's where I would say a lot of, of what my story was um, from the from the time way back when, you know, just those wild party days and things like that. And I would try to be somebody I wasn't. And by doing that, you know, I'd maybe dress a certain way. I would drink substance, whatever. So if I was shy, which I was terribly shy back then, I would drink so that I wasn't shy. But I was shy. I tried to be somebody I wasn't. Or if I was upset, angry, I would grab a beer. And, you know, that would be kind of my form of rebellion against this anger of something I couldn't control. And so suddenly, you know, I'm not in control, but I feel like I'm in control because I just grabbed this beer. You know, it wasn't really who I was. And I see that over and over again in, in that misconception. And so in that time, I did a lot of really stupid, stupid things out of the sake of trying to be somebody I thought I needed to be in order to be admired, to be honored, to be even to the point of dishonor. Um, and that place of love and acceptance. And a part of my upbringing too, you know, again, with that 60 age, as I grew up in a household where it was still very traditional and you know, my father really, I guess, um, enunciated that the identity part, the um, success part was being married as a woman and having children. And so I never really thought much about career, nothing like that. But my mother <laughs> reminded me, she said, Lori, she said, when you were 10 years old, you were just dancing and twirling in the kitchen, just free, just free and speaking who I was. And I was twirling and I said, I wanna be a preacher. And she looked at me and she, she didn't say anything, but she remembered it. And she said, Laura, she said, there weren't female preachers back then. You know, this would have been what, 1971? She said, you just didn't see that. But that was my heart. That was just like, I, I loved the Lord as a little girl and I found comfort and my prayers, all of that and all of my own little, little girl needs. I always found them met during my prayer time at night and peace would come over me and I'd sleep well. And so that relationship was always there. But like I said, in those, those kind of hell in the handbasket years of um, looking for love in all the wrong places, the world's way, that's where I really got into a lot of trouble. And um, going further, one fellow that I was dating, you know, in the, the general way, ask for your phone number, all that stuff. And uh, we started to do a few things and he would take me to a store, you know, not, I'm not, I didn't have money then, I, you know, just finished some college and was working at a uh, bar restaurant. And so I didn't have a whole lot. And he took me to a store and said, Lori, pick out anything you like, whatever you want in here. I said, really? And I picked out this beautiful red dress. And then, you know, he would ask me to do something for him. And so it was this back and forth, back and forth for a little bit of time. And um, until one night, instead of going to my place or his place, he brought me to a hotel, just right local, right where I lived. And in that place, I realized who he really was. He was a pimp. He was a trafficker. And he set me up. And you know, I just, I don't need to go into detail, but um, coming out of that hotel room, walking past the receptionist at that desk, my head was down, my shoulders down, everything. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and this part I remember, do you know what just happened to me? Do you know what just happened to me? And I 
remember going then back into his car. I don't know how long we were even in that hotel and everything that was there, maybe a couple hours max. I don't remember going home. I don't remember anything except one thing he did say was next time open your eyes and you know you just you just think about anything that's horrible you just close your eyes you just don't even want to be there you just want to check out but this was something in my timing my experience um you didn't talk about this you didn't even really know about those things so everything that i thought was oh my gosh i got myself into this i was so stupid how could i have done that you know i deserved it you know all of those things and for me, in that time frame, I had enough in me, and I truly believe that that it was just truly an act of God. But I had enough in my heart to know I don't love you enough to do that for you. And it was a time where we didn't have the cell phones. The timing was I was just leaving that apartment that following week, moving. I was just quitting where I was working. And this was all falling in at the exact same time frame and going back to school. I was able to disappear. He could not find me again. But I did not tell a soul about that. And I buried it. And I, like I said, just all of that self-hatred you have. Um, I ended up marrying a professional athlete, you know, not much later. And uh, I never ever told him anything about this. And in fact, so much of my own persona was so hateful towards myself. I didn't want my name anymore. I couldn't wait to get married and change my name. I couldn't wait to hide behind another person's persona who was bigger than life at the time. And I disappeared behind him. Became, you know, a mom, all of those things during our marriage. We're no longer married. Like I said, we're single, but uh, I'm single. And um, I, I didn't tell him there was times where he would touch me a certain way. I had other issues in my life, too, just being female and and um, the way that unfortunately our society has been, uh, you know, just with other sexual molestation. I was um taken, kidnapped, I guess you would call it, from the place that I worked for just, you know, a few hours, but it seemed like forever. People were drunk, thought it was hilarious to kidnap the hostess, and they threw me in the car, you know, just those types of things, bringing me back, throwing me into the parking lot, you know, and again, you kind of have these traumas of here and there, and what you remember, what you don't. I remember seeing a police officer's face. I don't remember what I said. I mean, I just those types of things, but it was growing up female in those days, in the 80s. You just didn't have a voice. No. And so, like I said, I didn't tell my husband about those things. He would touch me certain ways and be like, no, don't, you know? And um, and I'm sure he felt rejected in that too, without him really understanding. And so much of, of what I lived and, and sadly, you know, over time, um, and just with his own components of dealing with life, having been a professional athlete and then, you know, being too old at like, what, 32? You know, we all have things. We all have struggles and things that we believe we need to be in a certain way. And so um, over that time then, after the marriage ended, I went to Wisconsin just to do some healing to write another book. I was very active, became very active working with First Nations people. That's another whole story um, and a powerful one that has 
I would say has been a major part of changing my mind frame, of coming into more truth, more conviction, more reality, of thinking in a in a healthier way, I would say. But um, and while I was in Wisconsin, I received a phone call from a delightful woman, Terry Ferletti, who's director of Breaking Free. And that organization works with trafficked and prostituted women. And she had attended one of my Bible studies before that I had written and taught. And uh, I was a good friend of her sister's. And she called me and it was right during the time of the Super Bowl in um, February, 2018. And she was inundated with work. And so she said, Lori, she said, I need you to come work for me. I know you can talk. I know you have a heart. I know you, you would get this. I need you. And I needed a job. And so I went there. She didn't know anything about my background, nothing. And as I was listening to one of the classes where the women are gathered and they were, it's called Sisters of Survival. And uh, it was that week, it was teaching on like pimp tactics, um, trafficker tactics. And listening, it was called the lover boy strategy. And I listened and it was verb him what he did with me and I was like oh my gosh this is this is real it, it wasn't my fault he, he planned this 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 is a strategy and all of a sudden all of that shame that guilt that freedom I'm, I'm there with I'm gonna start to cry but I'm there with other women who had gone through these same things you know others that lasted years because they loved their man they did what they did and every single person as I worked in that place I would hear the heart I would hear that brokenness of what what happened to them what made them vulnerable some were abused as children neglect I mean just all of these things where these darlings are looking Looking for love or maybe they, they were in so much pain in some other abusive situation where they had become addicts and the only way to support their addiction was you know through um you know sexual sales of, of themselves and then that's another vulnerability that pimps and traffickers look for i saw all of these broken hearts and um, the reaction with that and the hurt with that, the harm with that, and the, even the life expectancy is so shortened with that. And I look at who we are as people, you know, we're sexual beings and we're created that way because if we weren't, I mean, all of us, I think in this conversation, you know, we're all here because two people had sex in all likelihood, or at least, you know, if it was um, in vitro or anything like that, at least a male, you know, had an orgasm for that to even take place. So this is our reality. And uh, while working at Breaking Free, then bam, it was, I think a month or less from that discovery that I was asked to speak at the state capitol for a bill that was being put forward regarding pornography and that the um, the penalties would be far greater for children that were shown porn, um, anybody that had kids you know, in pornography. And so I was able to speak and share just some things just to, you know, just even in, and I, I'll share this and my son knows this too, um, but I found porn on his phone at 11 years old. And I just like, what? Well, how did that get there? And you know, it's it's something that it's so insidious. But you know, our little kiddos, they're on there. And he he said that he went to one of his cartoons, and they actually 
pornified a cartoon. And of course, at that age, you're curious, you want to know, you may even have had a sense of arousal. And so you go further and further. And so we are targeted, we are preyed upon because of our sexuality, because of, of these various things. For boys, I found out a lot of them that have an addiction problem um, with that, you know, it's an easy thing because it does reach the same pleasure center as heroin does, you know, cocaine, anything like that, you get this high. But they have said that statistically, boys that really, you know, tend to fall into this are boys that are going through some trauma. Maybe it's a divorce at home. Maybe they're being bullied. It's an escape. And so again, I go back to we try to be somebody we're not. And we haven't learned to have real solid conversations because we're afraid that they're going to think less of us, that we're going to look weak, that we're going to look um, you know, bad in some way, dishonorable. But truthfully, honestly, and that's what I say, the truth will set us free. When we start to share these things, oh my goodness, just the release that starts to happen with that. And so there's a scripture in the Bible that I so understand. It says, confess your sins one to another. My goodness, it is the most, not that you're looking for a, you know, a big crap storm or anything like that. Pardon me. I'm just very frank with various things. But um, my goodness, we can, we can wade out together. And not that anyone has it necessarily worse. We all respond in our own various ways. And to some people, one thing might just be horrible to them. We have to honor each other through that and understand each other and know where these hurts come from and maybe why we're responding in a certain way. And I think for ourselves, when we start to see that and recognize that, all of a sudden it's our, our aha moment of, you know, we can keep covering something up, but until we see it, then it's like, oh, I need to do something about this. Or, oh, then someone else, you know, you show somebody this and then they're like, oh, I know, I, I, I went through this. I, this is what helped me or let's pray or whatever it is that you do. But once you see it can start to be addressed and the healing can start to happen. And I just feel like God is so powerful. So that bill got passed in the law. Um, there was another representative there who came up to me and she said, Lori, she said, I've got a bill. And I hadn't even spoke about my situation with what had happened, you know, with the hotel or anything like that. And she said, I have a bill where I want all of our hotels and employees to all their employees be trained on how to identify sex trafficking. Would you speak on that bill? Well, there it was. It's like, God, you took my worst and now you're going to use it for something good. That is what he does. So he says he promises that for all who are called according to his purpose, who live for him, he can redeem those things. And that bill passed in the law. And so this was nothing of my own. This was a divine setup from point A to point B to C to everything. And so he opened up these doors to be able to go in and start to speak. And another thing that happened simultaneously was in working at, at Breaking Free, we also worked with men who were, had been arrested for attempting to purchase someone for sex. And so the old school, it was called John School, uh, wasn't successful. 
And prior to coming to Breaking Free, a friend of mine said, Laurie, you know, I've always had a problem with them calling him John's. You know, my dad's name was John. And I thought, you know, my favorite disciple's name is John. And I know that we don't call the women prostitutes. You know, they were prostituted women. We were removing these labels. And, you know, we're all human beings. And so what happened is a whole new turnaround of working and talking with these guys. And it started out with just being open and letting them know, you know, what they have to say matters and started to ask the questions, what does it mean to be a man? And they would start to say, what kind of emotions are okay for men? And they would say, first answer every time, anger. And then they would say, well, we laugh, but you know, they weren't able to even go into and say, you know, joy or, you know, any of those types of things. One man did say, well, love, but we don't show it. We don't, we don't tell about that. Mm -hmm. And so this really started to open my eyes for further work, further ministry, um, just that relationship part of none of us even really understand what the other's going through. And so not that we're using it, but unhealthy things start to happen. How are we raising our kids? What did I do with my own son when he would fall down versus what I did with my daughters? You know, the daughter pick him up and with our little boys, we're like, shake it off, tough it out. Or we call them cry baby or sissy or man up, you know, that sort of thing. When we should be picking up our little boys and going shh. And so, you know, and the person that showed me that was a First Nations Indigenous man who spoke on that exact thing about picking up our little boys and just like that. And it was the most beautiful thing I think I've ever just it melted me. And so we can think in another way. And so what these little guys are growing up with, you know, is contrary to what we girls are growing up because when we would ask women that question, well, what kind of emotions okay for women to show? Bam, it was love, it was, you know, joy, it was fear, it was like all of all of the all of emotions. But the one thing they did not say was anger. And so for us, we're called the B word, right? If we're angry or it's her time or whatever it is, we're not allowed that. And I think about that vulnerability of the abuses that females more, you know, men do too, boys do too, but a large amount happen to women. Um, is if it was okay for us to go, no, I don't know, get away, you know, that sort of thing to allow to be angry and, and to be okay with that and be respected for that and not named or all of, all of the all of emotions. But the one thing they did not say was anger. And so for us, we're called the B word, right? If we're angry or it's her time or whatever it is, we're not allowed that. And I think about that vulnerability of the abuses that females more, you know, men do too, boys do too, but a large amount happen to women, um, is if it was okay for us to go, no, I don't know, get away, you know, that sort of thing to allow to be angry and, and to be okay with that and be respected for that and not named. Or the other thing now that I see that makes me so sad is now we as women, are calling ourselves that I'm such a bitch, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like, no, 
No. And so that's our place of starting to honor ourselves. But this is a large part of what I do now is going in, bringing this together in the way of relationship. I'm starting to heal that. We look at social media is huge. And you look at the girls, you know, all the selfies, you know, traffickers can see. How many times are they there? Can they message them? You know, they're seeing they're crying out for love or the poses or the putting the arms together and making more cleavage. Well, now we've got photo enhancers that do that. But the little pouty things, it's very sexual. And then our guys, you know, look at our boys and just look at a sports team photo, like in a high school. They're all standing there with their hands behind their biceps, trying to look, make their muscles look big. And they're, you don't see smiles. You don't see joy. It's got to be tough. It's got to be, you know, that thing. It's not real. It's just not real. And so when we're truthful with all of us, go, man, what are we doing? What has culture done to us? And that's another whole, you know, area that I speak on and talk about too. But I also speak a lot about just the power of our words and what those are. Our words have the power of life or death, blessing or cursing. And that's a big part of where I see that God has revealed that when we share our testimony, and that's another scripture, you overcome by the power of your testimony and the blood of the lamb. We all have one and we all have our own unique vision of how we see it because of what happened to us this morning, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, decades ago, we all bring something in another way of how we see it, perceive it, and just even where we're seated at the time of, of when that takes place. And so as we all come together and share what we see, my gosh, the bigger hole becomes so powerful. So that's another part that I would say for myself. I know this is a time where I'm talking a lot, but truthfully, deep down, I've learned to be a listener. And I've learned to be okay in the quiet time of being, of just being in a space with somebody. Yeah. Letting them be okay with that and me being okay with that. And that, again, is just more of that true self. The other would say, too, and I, I've started an organization called Truth Walker. You can find that truthwalker.org. Um, is what the Lord said, that the Father is looking for those who are at, at Father is looking and the time has come for um, those who worship in spirit and in truth. And that's all he's looked for. He already knows our thoughts. He already knows our heart. How wonderful is it to come to him in that fullness of that? We don't have to pretend. When I've been upset, Lord, you know, what, what are you doing? Are you happy now? You know, that's just very real. And yet, even going through those hard times and places it has always been for my good I may not understand it but oh my word it has always been for my good where either grown in strength or my knees have gotten a little more ready to be humble and to bend down and just go okay Lord I can't do this a lot of people say he won't ever put you through more than you can bear and I disagree <laughs> There's just been times where I can't, I just can't, you're going to have to do this. And uh, man, that's another release too 
of being that truthful with the Lord, that striving. I don't strive anymore. And there's just a greater peace. And so, you know, again, that scripture says it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And as we get to break away from these confines of what culture has said, what church has said, you know, just some of the religious things that people, well, I mean, I look at my own daughter and um, other kids of that generation, how they've left church. And it's just these expectations of, of being a certain way of these things that we're not. And that's what the what the law was, the Ten Commandments was, was to point out our sin, to show that that place of death, man, that's 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 a place you're not gonna make it. And so that beautiful place of the power of grace and of love and of um letting God be God in our lives and knowing that that you know through him, you know, nothing is impossible. And because of him, we have this beautiful relationship now that's no longer shrouded with this sense of having to be a certain way anymore. We've had all of those sins taken away, that shame taken away. And uh, shame is a stinker. You know, that's another one of those word curses. People would say, you know, I grew up with this a lot. Shame on you. You know, that's literally. And I carried that and I didn't know what it was related to at all. I just knew I had really bad posture and not long ago, again, just October, because I'm constantly growing, but willing to share this growth. And I think all of us, there's so much other people are growing through and sharing with me and I'm learning from. I prayed and I asked the Lord, Lord, please, you know, my posture is just so stinky. Can you please just help me? Like remind me to straighten up or put my shoulders back, you know, something. I don't know what happened. Where did this go? But to help me have posture back. And um, I, you know, didn't think about it anymore. It was just one of those prayers. And in October, I decided to go back to a homecoming at my college. I hadn't been back in 38 years because I was ashamed of who I was back then. And I felt the Lord tugging on me like, all right, well, maybe I'm going to go there and, sh and share the gospel. You know, all right, God, I'll go wherever you send me. And I go there and I'm the one getting ministered to. And so Honestly, like the two nights before, no, not even one night before the word from a pastor said, um, you know, life begins just outside of your comfort zone. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. All right. And so that morning when I was really getting plugged into going to this um, homecoming thing, I went there going, all right, here I go. This is uncomfortable. But Lord, I'll be your little ambassador. <laughs> and I'll think of it. Whatever, <laughs> so full of baloney. And one of the people that I knew from all those years ago was running up to me, so happy to see me. You know, he would have had reason to think it was dishonorable, and he he just goes, "Oh, I've been, I've missed you so much. I've never, you know, always wondered, never knew what was going on with you. I'm so glad to see you." And I shared, you know, man, I was pretty ashamed. He's like, "Don't you ever say that." He says, "You were just one of the nicest, prettiest girls. I never thought that. I never thought." anybody would have thought that of me all of a sudden I felt this shame just lift and I felt myself getting straighter and taller in that moment shame 
physically had impacted my body. And so, you know, for those that are walking in that way, gosh, you know, ask the Lord to show you that place. Where did that come from? That does not belong on you. That is a lie of the enemy. The things that he lured us into that aren't even ourselves. We are children of God and that is our divine nature. And so these are things just, you know, some stories of what he's done little little tiny snippets but um i did write a book called sacred breath and sacred breath it does go through a little more of just experiences walking with the lord it goes through physically how you're made how, why our words are so important and strong and just life-giving even in the physical and so there's a little bit of science in it there's a whole lot of bible verses that are going to take you through from genesis to revelation there's some stories about, um, you know, people interacting just because life is a relationship with ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. This is all of us and with one another and with, with you know, our creator. And uh, other things then through the book go through the power of prayer, of blessing, of praise and worship. And it, it, it just will take you through this. And honestly, it was like about an eight-year journey. And again, I cannot take credit for it. It's because of the people that God brought into my life. It's because of the Holy Spirit just even opening up this, this message, I would say. It's because of my father in my life um, and who he was as a scientist. And so God has so orchestrated the fabric of our life. And all it is is just a let him show you through the power of his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will teach us, will comfort us, because sometimes it's not always fun to wake up to. And um, and then show us where that empowerment is. He empowers us. He didn't even send us out to go out and speak to anybody until we were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so I would say that Holy Spirit is greatly infused in this work. Uh, currently, too, I'm doing more with First Nations people and that truth that fabric as again I'm going to go back to in the foundation of our nation and all those things that have been hidden all of the harm the hurt I mean you just can't even fathom it and the Lord took me through this step by step brought me incredible people that were willing to open their lives to me and um, I've been adopted by six different tribes. That kind of love, that kind of family, that kind of, I never imagined. But this was where I think I found my heart again. They were the ones that really just kind of got me going back to letting me be really who I am and to shed these other things of, of what I believed um, was true that really isn't. And so I'm going to be doing something just radically wild. Uh, I'm going to be moving on to a reservation in Wisconsin Saturday. I've got the truck coming. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're just getting right in. I'm getting gassed. And uh, we'll do whatever the Lord will allow. I'm going to be, again, listening, learning, going into some jails, and just whatever the Lord will do. Because, golly, there's so many gals in jail that have taken a rap for somebody else and look at so many that are incarcerated, you know, each and every one of us, we're really, when it comes right down to it, like one decision away from being there ourselves. And so whatever was in that moment of what happened, you know, 
there's a story, there's, there's something back there. And that's not who they were born to be. And so um, God's opening up that opportunity too. And so again, that's just another part of the ministry with Truth Walker. I'm still gonna be going all over the country as people ask and desire if there's churches or organizations or anything like that, that, that have a, a desire to enhance their community. Uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to come, and and that certainly is the plan. Um, so you know, it's just it's all in God's hands and His timing. And that truth part so important for all of us is as more things are coming to light, it's just like, oh my gosh, what we thought was real isn't, and uh, we're we're having to really find that solid place to stand, that sure foundation. And I can't do this without the Lord. You know, it just is of Him and by Him and through Him for his glory as he takes us from glory to glory, which is part of that growth part. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. There's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, more writing. I'm working on another big project, which really I would say, um, hopefully we'll wrap this up pretty soon, but uh, it's going to be called Break a Divine Conspiracy. And uh, it is really what the Lord took me on from 2015 to today. And so it's a lot of this awakening in all different realms from the work that I did, you know, having to work with FBI, you know, conversation, speaking engagement. Well, I'm up there and then later the next person up is CIA. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But um, dealing with a situation with Robert Kraft and, um, I can't think of the football team name right now, but had just, you know, a real sad situation happen in his life uh, when there was that raid on um, a massage parlor. Just all of these various components of, you know, I felt like a Forrest Gump, quite honestly. It's like all of a sudden I'm just, I'm in this, I'm in the middle of this, I'm in that, you know, and I never set out to do any of it. This is just God. So this book is much like Forrest Gump dances with wolves, you know, as Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, you know, so it's like ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. And um, and then just, you know, waking up and my gosh, we've got a new day. So that, that will be forthcoming, but hopefully we'll have that um, out, you know, 2022. Uh, so that's that's the plan there. But again, just whatever the Lord is doing, mm -hmm. I'm saying yes to and uh, hoping that that we can all get set free. Then, and I really believe that is on the Lord's heart. You know, set his daughters free, set his sons free, his people. He's been doing that. We just celebrated 400 years since the Mayflower came. I think of those 400 years of bondage. And my gosh, here we are now. And it's happening. And uh, those that led the parade in Plymouth, Massachusetts were First Nations people. And after that, then it was country after country after country. Because so many are here from all over the world. And um, he's he's putting us together and to shed these other things that we were believed or were taught and he's just saying here it is and for all of us i think to come together on knees he's he's saying if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways i will hear from heaven and heal their land and uh, we're there and it's exciting and i look forward to what he's doing in the future 
you're seeing it start to happen in, especially with First Nations people coming into public office like I've never seen, you know, just since 2015. It's remarkable. I mean, it is just so fast. And from, you know, city, county level, state level, you know, all of that. I do a lot of work with missing and murdered Indigenous women, which again correlates strongly with trafficking. And, uh, for uh, for them, unfortunately, their their race and ratio number is ten times any people group of being trafficked, being taken, um, that sort of thing. And so, uh, to the point where, like, one out of every four girls will be, you know, either missing or murdered. It's like the statistically, it's that horrific and so since starting to work i saw you know breaking freeze organization then start to open up and see that it just expanded we did a large um like i guess talk or seminar and then department of justice all of a sudden their eyes started to open up and so it feels like the lord has readied the hearts and so now they're doing so much more with first nations people uh there's been a task force that was opened up in the state of minnesota these task forces starting to happen more statewide um during another it was president trump's administration and uh, i think it was January 2021? No, 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 excuse me. I'm not certain. Anyway, I started to open up federal offices state to state for missing and murdered indigenous women task force. And so that started to happen. And now they're they're going deeper with this administration and um, you know, getting, I think, a little more hands-on in another way where they're really inviting First Nations people to be part of this as it needs to be. You know, their voice. <laughs> matters, the yeah. things that they know, my gosh, I mean, it transformed my life. Someone had said, one of the people I worked with, he says, you know, you Western people, European Westerners, you think one way, First Nations people think this way. And uh, one quote from Sitting Bull was so powerful. He was talking to one of the soldiers and he said, you are known for what you have. We are known for what we give away. And you look at those two cultures, mindsets, and just how one can exploit another because of what their value was versus another value. It, it, it can be that basic. And if we start to listen and understand that and really come from that heart place when our mind listens and learns and our heart starts to you know come along with that and feel and care or you know do something to, to support and be there man when mind and heart come together that's the passion oh, yeah. that is that is where it goes and that's when things get done and so it's people of passion and that's largely what i hope my messages do is to connect people's passion places and we all have them if it's for children if it's for animals i mean life in and of itself you know we're again wired for that and the unhealthy things are the other things where we're lacking maybe love or self-esteem or whatever so then pride comes in there greed comes in there you know all of these things that open the door out of what we think we need satan tries to show it in another way the enemy you know whomever and um and then it just gets ugly so you know again that truth part is not condemning anyone really seeing we all have one mutual enemy and if we're willing to 
you know, start to go through some of the painful things of, oh, I need to let go of that, or, oh, that's a problem here, or, yeah, you know, I did think this, or did this, but you start to restructure. We can do this, and a lot of this is cultural, and a whole culture changed with smoking, right? It was everywhere. We smoked everywhere on airplanes, all of that. We don't do that anymore. We don't see that anymore. We learned about secondhand smoke and the dangers of that, all of those things. We were able to change an entire culture. So I know we are capable. Human beings are so resilient by the grace of God and the power because we're made to survive. And so we're able to do this when that, that heart place, like I said, starts to come in that mental place. And we see how we have been deceived for either the riches of somebody else, the propaganda, whatever it is. But when we get back down to that heart place, like I said, we all know what is right and what is wrong. We know what is good and we know what is bad. And uh, it, it's just, it's so simple. But sometimes it's just opening up the conversation, sharing a few testimonies and letting go of that pride. Gosh darn it, I'm 60. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> oh, Miss Lori, this has been so enlightening. And you have pulled back layer after layer in yeah. so many arenas, but always pointing back to truth. Yes. And sharing your life story and just looking how you walked through this, but how the hand of God just directed you and brought you to this place at 60 years young. Yes. And you are Amen. have affected so many, so much more to come. Wow. So much more to come. And and bring being that light of like there's more than there's more than one way to see this. In fact, I wrote that down that when we all share mm -hmm. what we see, the picture forms. And I thought of a jigsaw puzzle, you know. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that and I and I um out of quilting. I mean, I, I've done something, you know, how we all just have to come to this place where we really just put away everything else and we just want to mesh together and we just want to love. Yeah. And love lead us. Yeah. And love always going to lead us into the truth. Just like, yes. oh my gosh, that's yeah. so beautiful. Would you tell us one more time how to reach you? Yes, you can reach me at truthwalker.org or my email, Paul at truthwalker.org. I'm also on Facebook. Um, just getting that going. This is you know, relatively new. It's a, a new um, nonprofit, but it's time to make it real. And so that's you're going to get the real deal. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, you can look me up there too. And also just even in the respect of, of the marriage and all of that, I, I, tell, I tell my ex-husband, man, you're the best ex-husband I could ever imagine. And he really is. And so there's just healing all the way through for us. You know, if we if we let ourselves go there and not hold on to the bitterness, but oh. understand another person too, you know, and where they've been coming from. And so, yeah, we're, we're better that way. Just um, listening and understanding, having that compassion. Yeah. Lori, you make it so simple. And it's <laughs> supposed to be. I understand we go through things that are not easy. Right. That doesn't mean that it, it has to be complicated. Right. We can be set free. Yes. We can be healed. We are meant to be. 
We're not meant to live our life in bondage. No. There might have been drama and tragedy and all those other things, but we're not meant to live in that. Right. We're meant to grow through it and then right. help others through it. Just yes. We're living your life doing a display before all of us. Thank you so Thank much. You. Transparent today. Thank you. For sharing your story yeah. and your wealth of knowledge. Mm. I'm changed. And oh, I'm so Thank you. All yeah. right. So excited for your birthday and and that you're <laughs> like this is a gift that um, here you are. Yeah. It's your birthday and boom, you're you're moving. There it out. is. This is so cool. We get to be on this site. We'll have to have you back again. Thank and you. That you get self situated there and get things moving, and then you can come back and update us. Yes, I would love to. How we can stay plugged in and how people can help. Uh -huh. Thank you, so, thank much, you so much, Pamela. You are a blessing to all of us. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for being here today. I know you have been empowered and changed. And one thing that Lori did today was she took subjects that are tough mm -hmm. and she made them easy. She broke them down and made them easy to hear. I didn't start off the show today saying, hey, we're going to talk about trafficking. Hey, we're going to talk about that because you know what? I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to do that. I really felt that we were just supposed to let Lori just jump in and take you there. I knew you'd be off guard and that was good. It's good to be off guard because then you can really just hear and receive. And I know you did that today. Would you do Lori and I a huge favor? Don't you think that this message needs to be taught everywhere? People need to hear it. People need to be set free. The truth sets you free. Lori's message is easy to hear. It's easy to swallow. And it'll help somebody you know. There's those little buttons. Click, like, share, subscribe. Would you help us reach as many lives as possible with this message? And hit those click, like, sub subscribe. And maybe help us with the algorithms. And put a comment in there. That would be so wonderful. Thank you for being here today and showing up again for another episode of Purpose by Design. Remember, you are here on purpose with a purpose by design, not by default. Now go out there and be the salt and the light everywhere you go. See you next time. Ascend Above the Crowd is the newest course by Pamela Hinkle. Ascend is a self-paced email course that will come directly to your inbox and will change your mindset and your life. Each week, you will receive lessons, resources, challenges, and journal writings that will help you discover your purpose by design. It's your time to ascend above the crowd. To learn more about Ascend, go to www.purposewithpamela.com forward slash ascend. Pamela Hinkle is the founder of The Purpose Center. Pamela is a mindset mentor, author, speaker, minister, and transformation coach. Her weekly podcast, international radio show, and television show are a lifeline that changes lives and inspires people to discover their individual potential through realizing their purpose by design. Pamela is a natural motivator and has shown many how to find their niche and transform their lives. 
Although success is an uphill battle, Pamela gives the necessary strategies to flourish, cheering you on every step of the way. Pamela shares from her personal experiences, education, and life as a woman in leadership, utilizing decades of knowledge, taking the approach of Let's have coffee and chat. She will awaken your dreams and purpose by design. Are you ready for Pamela to help guide you? Email us at purposewpamela.office at gmail.com or go to her website at purposewithpamela.com.